to this episode of Finding My Yum. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, ooh, this is a yummy episode that was fraught with a lot of interesting ups and downs. We have uh, Sandra on, sex nerd Sandra, who has her own podcast, and she is also um, an adult corrective sex educator. Um Who's, who sort of specializes in pleasure, which is the topic we brought her on to discuss. That, is, that was the idea behind it. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, sort of this broad idea of pleasure, um, which was a funny kind of conversation with her to begin with. Um, yeah, Jerry prepared like a whole set of questions around yeah. all these different like uh, things that might be interested in trying or, or, right. or and it, whatever. The, uh, the purpose of it was to sort of talk about like, how do you get started in exploration? That was our impetus of where to start. And uh, we didn't, we got to the first thing I brought up and then it really, we just got nestled in emotional troubles and like how emotion plays into it and uh trauma and history and um yeah it's really interesting you said like (laughs) one word and then she keyed in on that and i said we're not going back yet yeah i said i had fear around something and then yeah we sort of spiraled but it was super interesting yeah i mean i yeah i think it's a really interesting interview that it obviously touches on a lot of different things um she's obviously you know an expert in this field yeah um and because of that i think you know it really uncovers a lot but also like you know i think it i think it starts as a i think it it could probably stand as a good launching pad for anybody that's interested in some of these fields because she touches on like books to read and uh, different things to study and different things that you know both anatomy and pleasure Mm -hmm. but also like the emotional stuff and yeah the emotional and like your attachment styles yeah there's yeah. a lot of stuff in here. And I was super nervous. She intimidated the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, just as like an expert in general and somebody who has a lot of knowledge on the subject and is very comfortable speaking about it, I feel like I was so c- conscious of being ignorant and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And I, I got over it. But yeah. yeah, I had this overwhelming sense of oh, I don't, I don't know enough. Like it, it's not enough, which is interesting. Cause I think that that was like a big emotional component we talk about yeah, in terms of like pleasure and sex comes so. out throughout the whole episode. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, and Pervasive. just to, just to, just to put it out there, uh, she was not intentionally intimidating. She no, was wonderful she's and wonderful yeah, and yeah. welcoming yeah, and absolute joy. Yeah. It was just like my internal <laughs> struggle. Um, yeah, but uh, so I'll just read <laughs> the things that I wrote down to the talk about. things that about. we don't talk about so are... The, the only thing we got to was um, orgasming from sex, like yeah. a, a female orgasm from sex, because I said, uh, yeah. And then uh, like in a female G-spot, but I, ta- I wanted to talk about foreplay, getting started in an exploration, anal play, any type of BDSM, and not even, <laughs> we didn't even, I couldn't, I didn't even get to those. We did talk about pancake brains and waffle brains, Which though. is, I stand by it. Yeah, no, it's great. I think she was a little confused, but then she got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was good, though. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really interesting episode, and yeah, like, you know. I learned a lot. Yeah. And, and she's think, amazing, so check out her podcast, too. Oh, yes, please. And then, um just in terms of like all of the things I've been going through, the attachment, we do talk about like different attachment styles. And I think it was like very enlightening for me. And I've since done more research on it um, and especially on enmeshment and like, uh, yeah, I mean, 
you'll have to see like which attachment style you feel like and there's different labels for them so um we'll, we'll put a link to it as well but um yeah, I mean, I'm like a love addict, uh, anxious attacher, and uh, it's not useful. <laughs> like, it's very not useful. And it's something that I definitely need to be cognizant of because it's not helpful when dating or, you know, trying to seek out a new partner. I mean, yeah, that's good to know, though. I mean, yeah, I think that's ultimately what this, even if you don't, go through like transformative stuff every episode it is like learning about yourself a little bit more yeah. so that and this is a vulnerable fucking episode yeah. everybody so get yeah. on this ride because i feel like i <laughs> i say a lot yeah and it and i'm i thought last week was yeah you thought last week was revealing <laughs> this one is more enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me, ain't got no patience, so let's go. You see me. Hello and welcome. We are so excited to have our guest today, Sandra. Um, hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. Welcome to my home place. Yes. Oh my God. It's beautiful. Uh, for those who can't see, it's a studio, but it is decorated <laughs> to a T and there's so much space and functionality. <laughs> I'm real into utilitarianness. Yeah, you killed it. You really like Thanks. nailed it. Um, so you are a, I don't even remember what we decided on because we like meandered, a, a sexual... You're just overwhelmed with my presence in I my am. home. You just can't even... I am. I feel yeah. really at ease. <laughs> and also not. <laughs> um, no, welcome. And yeah, I, in 2009, I started teaching pleasure classes. So okay. to adults, like butt stuff, front stuff, mouth stuff how to make yourself feel good, how to make other people feel good. And they were really comedy um, focused. And in 2011, I started a podcast called Sex Nerd Sandra. Well, I was Sex Nerd Sandra as an educator and right. then it became a podcast and and that went over really well. And so I yeah. think I've always loved interviewing people. So, I mean, I'm sure you're finding a lot of pleasure yeah. in it. Yeah, it's so fun. So really, I mean, but overall, no matter what I do, I'm always going to be an adult corrective sex educator nudging and adults people over 18 toward a healthier sexuality through probably like fun conversations and and workshops yeah and then how did you so do you have any training in it or was it just something that you felt drawn to that you had your own experiences with and you felt like you could relate to other people yeah a lot of sex educators kind of just get into it in different ways there's no phd for sex sure. education <laughs> you don't get a masters in blowjobs it's just not a thing so uh, you but can don't you kind of wish that you could I, I really do I think that that would be amazing like if I graduated and I had a piece of paper that said master of blowjobs yeah I may I'll make that bring school and charge you a lot for <laughs> yeah. it and then uh, people actually do that people actually do that no it's uh, there's a lot of fake uh, whatever <laughs> anyway um but no I I think a lot of friend groups have that person who's really obsessed with learning about sex. Like I was that person at 11 and 12. I'm like, you guys, I found out about the G spot. And yeah. people are like, what's a vagina? And sure. I'm like already in advanced fucking. Anyway. Oh, can I go? It's cursing. Oh, are you comfortable? Okay. Yeah. I'll try to um, be a good person. No, that. no, no. Um, Say fuck shit. Damn. Thank you. That's uh, the only one that came out. <laughs> Ass clown. Okay. There you go. Um, but I'd say that my verac veracity, veros ferociousness, for I don't know words right now, um, of learning it just got even more intense. Like I just really want to know more. So so as I got into just teaching pleasure classes, mm -hmm. I started going to a lot of conferences that uh, sex 
therapists go to like a lot of advanced trainings so I kind of skipped a lot of stuff and was like just tell me about the like sex and feelings thing tell me everything um I did go to some trainings like SFISI, San Francisco Sex Information. They've been they're a nonprofit since the seventies that oh, nice. uh, help really make sure you've got a strong foundation of knowledge in anatomy and medicine and like all these different areas. So that set me up to win a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And right now I'm going back to school to be a pelvic physical therapist. So oh, cool. A I find pelvic a, physical. Therapist. Yeah. So if you ever have any pelvic issues like post childbirth, prostate issues, just general oh. pain during orgasm, anything. Ask your doctor if you have that privilege of having a doctor or a medical professional to get you into a physical therapist that's pelvic focused. Like if your insurance will cover it, go see a physical therapist. So basically as a sex educator, I finally decided that I want to be body focused, not Mm. like because most people like me will eventually go into like mental health stuff or coaching. I want to go into body stuff. Oh, that's amazing. So that's my trajectory but overall I just love learning yeah and love being a sex nerd I mean mm-hmm. I got to be a professional sex nerd and have yeah. a patreon to support my show now and I appreciate that so much that's so, amazing yeah um and then just like we we always talk like how do you identify sort of in the world like as a person well I definitely identify as a person well sure and you look like a person, so that's Thank for you. everybody out there thinking you're like a lovely unicorn. You are, but also a person. <laughs> I definitely, I'm one of those people that feels like a brain in a jar a lot, you know, mm-hmm. where I don't like necessarily connect to my body all the time. I think that's why it's also good to like exercise and yeah. stretch and study physical therapy. I get to acknowledge my body presence. But um, I am a gender. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really change the way you need to interact with me, except call me a person instead of a woman every once in a while, and I'll know you care. <laughs> um, but my pronouns, I people mainly call me she, sometimes they. Mm-hmm. People often just call me whatever. Like, uh, just a quick thing, gender, I like to separate into three categories. Yeah. How, gender that I feel, the gender that I express, and the gender that you perceive. So I don't care what gender mm-hmm. you perceive me as. I realize that I tend to express as uh, more feminine or as a woman how I feel is blank it's like being colorblind for gender and so that's always made me feel kind of weird but once I figured it out I was like oh that's what's going on so how do I identify like I have a lot of stuff personally but identify as a gender yeah I don't care what you see yeah that's amazing I think like as a person who who identifies very strongly as female when I when I hear that I don't want to like step on to like I want to be as respectful Absolutely. as possible but it's something that like we don't talk about like a gender or that idea of not feeling one way or the other um and I think it's incredible to allow other people to sort of however they see you allow them to express that and it doesn't have to impact how you feel about mm-hmm. yourself at mm-hmm. all I think that that's come up a lot of times in a lot of these en- interviews is like um, identity and sort of like I- I've wrestled a lot with, I had my first experience with a woman mm-hmm. and congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, I'm guessing sexually cause sexually. Yeah. I mean, I interact <laughs> with women all the time. Um, but yeah. And, and, and that like the, the shift of like, it didn't matter to me, but for some reason it moves into like a potentially different identity character that other people are going to put on to me is something that I've never really wrestled with. Like, Oh, I, if you actually share that information with yeah, others, they're going to see you differently. Right. Like I feel like I fit into like my whole life. I fit into a perfect box of like what a heterosexual female yeah, yeah, looks yeah. like. And so for the first time I'm sort of 
engaging with people in a different way and being like, oh, you might put me in a different category that I don't necessarily identify with or think about, you know, like it's just like your thing. And the idea of just being like, that can be your thing and that can be cool is new to me. (laughs) So I relate because most of my identities, like you asked about like, how do I identify in the world? Uh, there, I mean, every person's going to have tons of contradictions. Sure. We like to fit into boxes, but we all are contradictory. Yeah. However, a lot of mine tend to I- interact with like politics and how other people feel really strongly other people should, should behave. Like, for instance, I'm kinky. I'm polyamorous. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, pan or bisexual. Um, a lot of those things can interact with the law in a lot of really difficult ways, like in terms of Absolutely. child custody and divorce and job security, right? Um, so people have stigma about that and also can retaliate in really terrible ways in my life. Um, and some of that stuff's changing. That's great. However, we all like you just knowing that you had an experience with a woman. If you say it, someone might stick as my, my dog is having a ball in there. Um, so sorry about that. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I just relate to you because that is, I don't know, for me, it brings up a sense of insecurity or like, mm-hmm. I don't know where I stand with other people all of a sudden. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's been a journey. And yes, and mm-hmm. a vulnerable thing to sort of admit and be like, I'm stepping into something else and whatever happens is okay because yeah. I don't have to be what your conception of yeah. whatever you think I should yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been geeking on a lot of stuff lately, so I'm like making connections. But um, one thing that's interesting to me, when and people have asked people ask me questions for years. They ask all, about all kinds of sex, and one thing I've heard is if I if I experiment with something kinky or devious or like different, I'll never be able to go back, and like then I lose myself, mm-hmm. and something is forever changed or tarnished or like something like. You know, I can yeah, stay almost become dirty. There's yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, my hand has in, been in places that you can't even imagine. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, and I'm talking about just like picking up weird shit off the street. But like the point is, is that my hand is still just my hand. Like it didn't suddenly become like tarnished. And yet <laughs> when it comes to sex and love, if we go somewhere deep, suddenly we're, we've like broken ourselves. Yeah. Like that kind of fragility that we're taught about ourselves is not true. It I don't know. so anyway, but I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I think I I haven't talked about this on the podcast before, but I did. I went to a sex party for the first time as well. Thank you. Yeah, it was great, and um, <laughs> it it was so interesting because, uh-huh. like, I went into it with as open mind as I possibly could, you know. And and there are so many things that you see in like. The first orgy I saw, I did a lot of watching, but like the first orgy I saw, I was like, it's shocking. You know, it's like, oh my God, people actually do this. Like they're doing it in front of me without any care that I'm watching. And then when you see like six or seven of them, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's just bodies. Like our bodies Mm -hmm. just want to be touched and rolled around and like comforted by somebody else and like connect Mm -hmm. to somebody else. And I think that was honestly my biggest takeaway from going to something like that was like, we're so scared to talk about it now and we're so scared to express like how we feel and 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 that that is like our primal desire um because we've been told it has to be behind Mm -hmm. those closed doors and it's like this i don't know dirty or sacred thing that i think both of those words can apply but right and i mean 
I have so many questions like what kind of sex party? Yeah. You know, like what part of town was it at? Yeah. Like how many people was it in a house or like I know it, it was in like a, a warehouse thingy. I don't know. It like in like a I imagine like was it? church events also happen there and that makes me laugh. Oh my god, I wanna know. Sorry. <laughs> it was like in East East LA and it was a swingers party oh, technically, okay. I think. That is a specific subsection of sex party. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You made it there. It was <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. What are the other subsections of sex parties? I mean the culture is gonna be different depending on what kind of right. party you go to. I I've stepped away from going to parties. I've been to, I tried to count. I've been to over 40. So like it's, it's uh-huh. a lot to some people and not that many to others. So I, but um, that doesn't count dungeons. Sure. Right. 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 But uh, cause that's a different thing. But I would say that depending on how people want to create their space, their, their party, like swing parties are, are like very hetero focused girl, girls, highly encouraged mm-hmm. guy, guys, highly not, not encouraged. Um, it's more of a team sport. There's a lot of insinuation and flirtation, but no direct like, hi, hey, I think you're beautiful. Would you like to make out with me for like 10 minutes and then we can go our separate way? Like there's no direct. So I have a really hard time in swing parties because when people are yeah. flirting with you, I'm like, just freaking ask me what you want. Like, you'll probably get a yes, but I can't <laughs> yeah. do anything unless you just... like. So I do better at things like where like people are, you know, more kink oriented or like come from directions where they're. Uh, they've practiced receiving no's and yeses and are comfortable with mm-hmm. boundaries and can do clear com- communication. And then I can be like, yes, communication was very unclear at this. Okay. Event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a really, I, my brain can't handle that. Yeah. It was, it, I feel like it was, it was a nice sort of, because I didn't know what I wanted to do or what, how I wanted to behave. I was just sort of there. Mm-hmm. So I could either like watch or just see people interact in it. It was fascinating. I would like a friend of mine has a has gone to ones where there's either more communication or just more procedure of like how you're allowed to interact with other people mm-hmm. and it's a little bit safer of an environment. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's useful. But yeah, yeah. I'd like to. I I've been to a handful of BDSM parties. Oh like, yeah, like, like two or maybe three. Yeah, sure. And and I just remember like at the very beginning of one of them, they like did a demonstration on how to ask for consent and it was nice, like yeah. very cool. And, 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 but, and so I would ask you like, that. is that I, I'm believing that that's more so in the kink community than it is maybe in like this, the swing community. I don't know. But I would like, say, I mean, in the last 10 years I've noticed, I mean, culture is constantly shifting in these subcultures and there's plenty of Venn diagramming. And uh, so you have plenty of parties that are like, Oh, the swingers and the kinky people are here. Let's see how they interact tonight. (laughs) Um, There, there are plenty of different worlds. I mean, there's definitely like the, there's like the, I don't have a good, I'm a little, I'm stigmatizing a little bit when I kind of go, there's like the yoga teacher, uh, like lots of linen, lots of crystals, like, like, but that's like deep, like, that's like Hufflepuff hugging, like, hug. <laughs> and like, I can like go with that flow, even though I'm not really woo, but I, I appreciate that kind of loving, like where there's more a depth to it. Like that's more what I connect with. Um, but yeah, plenty of parties will have some kind of, welcoming circle where there's maybe a practice where you turn to somebody and go like hey let's figure out what it feels like to actually check in about our boundaries mm-hmm. um or and some are just a demonstration on like spanking or just to like get people like out of their company like, get like an icebreaker so people do different things i'm throwing treats at my dog to <laughs> let him know he's doing a 
good job. <laughs> he is doing a good job. Um, okay, cool. So I have some questions. Bring it on. Or just things I wanted to talk about because so I think that this has come up for me a lot and like uh I have no idea how to orgasm from sex. And okay. I don't know if you have like insight in that, but I know other women have experienced it and I never I never have. I've gotten really close, mm-hmm. but I think I get scared and then I've never been able to do it again. This was mm-hmm. like with my ex who I was mm-hmm. with for a couple of years. But I don't know if there's like a a tactic to it. Yeah, there's plenty there's plenty of techniques you can do with by yourself and with a partner to like get you ready or comfortable with orgasming during sex. I'm assuming when you say sex you mean like in penis, a, vagina, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penetration, penetration, boom boom bow, possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. um face to face. Um there's yeah, no, there's plenty. I'm curious about like now different people have different issues. Like mm-hmm. Mine for a long time was uh, just poor masturbation habits that didn't transfer well. Like my body just so used to certain things I would do by myself. It was really like it didn't feel quite like it didn't connect to being with another person. Plus you have someone like staring at you at the same time. Like (laughs) so that's been something that I've had to work through. I mean and it's not all about my body. It's like all kinds of different bodies all where everyone comes from. So I want to ask specifically about you. You said that fear comes up. That's important to spend a little time yeah. with. So how does that uh, feeling afraid, like, how does that manifest? Well, so I think, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty sensitive. So, like, with... Emotionally the, or physically? Uh, both, uh, but physically in this particular context. So, like, I can orgasm pretty easily with, like, hand stimulation or, like, oral or something like that. But, okay. um, yeah, like, I when when I've when I've gotten close with sex, like without any all like um, hand simulation or extra anything, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fear is. It's like, um, it's like a building up almost of like tension that I feel. And then I'm like, Oh, I might just like pee all over or like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think too. Yeah. You don't know. It's like, a mystery. I have no idea. Like my body could just explode because it's like, so intense. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's the feeling, but I've never, I haven't been able to get back there in like quite a while. And I don't know if that's a, a okay. mental thing because I was like comfortable with that guy for that time or I mean we are an integrated like the idea that it's mental or bio like it's all integrated like sure. you're getting certain signals from your body that are right. telling you that you might something bad might happen or like something mm-hmm. like out of your control might happen um so there's a few things I'm hearing one is that you're let's see um feel like you're gonna pee yeah so that's one thing um that it's more intense and I'm hearing that you're able to orgasm when you're with someone through hand stimulation and oral stimulation, yeah. right? So there's something different about um, penetrative sex. Yeah. Um, is that hand stimulation inside or external usually? Um, or both? Or uh, I mean, not orgasming with internal. Okay. Yeah. So oral, same, just external? Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's just something kind of simple and basic about the body. So the... Um, Whatever, I don't, that's so funny. I don't have any, I have nerve anatomy uh, <laughs> in the bathroom, but I don't have any actual like charts out here. I've got a skeleton, not helpful. Okay, so uh, think about your spine goes down to your tailbone and you have all these branches that go out to like help you feel and, and move your hands and your toes and everything, right? And the nerve branches that go into your pelvis are really important too. I have a lot to learn for sure, 
basically everything that's really superficial, like the clit or the head of the penis, um, the the lips, the the outside of the anus, like all of that is innervated by a certain nerve branch. I I'm gonna I'm not even gonna try and tell you what the name is because I've forgotten. And then everything internally that's deeper is going to be innervated totally differently. I think mm. it's the vagal nerve. I think. Um, and there's probably other n- nerve branches so involved. So it sounds like you tend to have orgasm through like lighter stimulation superficially mm-hmm. and that works. You're when you're having sex, you're stimulating other nerve branches too. So it's it's normal to feel maybe overwhelmed with the amount of stimulation you're getting because mm-hmm. you're getting signals from places that you don't usually get. Right. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're wired to have some kind of uh, release of tension. But it's just so, it sounds really foreign to you. Like, so that when it happens, you're like, ah, yeah, right? yeah, it's in, yes, internally, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. They're connected, right? I mean, like the external stimulation and the out, the internal nerves, there's some connection. How do you mean connection? Uh, I don't know. I guess it sounded like to me for a second, you were saying like almost they were separate like if like the clit is being stimulated or the head of the penis or whatever it's not connected to like a more internal nervous well it all goes back to the brain like it's all going back to the brain like my so like my forearm is all of a piece but what's happening on my skin might have a different wiring than what's happening at my bone like uh, it's all part of your arm um and of course, like the clit is not, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with like the fact that the clit is not just a little bump, but it's actually got like a shaft and legs and bulbs. It's like a whole party in there, right? Yeah. And that's all <laughs> one piece. And the whole thing may be innervated, might have different nerve branches in different parts. I'm I'm just giving you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. a general sense sure, of, sure, sure. of, and the sensations are going to feel different. Right. And internal stimulation also has a lot stronger connection to like through our belly, like through our emotional places. Mm. So sometimes when you, that's why like for men, um, anal stimulation, besides just like having all these really big negatives, there's also a huge connection between our like, places in our body we f- might feel emotion uh, with deeper places. It's a very vulnerable thing to be penetrated. Yeah. And so like that comes up too. But I'm not saying that's your experience. I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. that's things. No, totally. Um, yeah, but it, also, well, I mean, I think that that's also a different way that for like, you know, w- women getting penetrated is like a for- more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the whole peeing thing. I mean, like yeah. classic, classic vagina owner situation. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might need to pee. You might need to squirt. Um, yeah. But if you haven't peed before sex, like that can totally right. feel like it. Yeah. But m- most likely you probably have some urge to release fluid. Right. Um that and But that feels scary. Yeah. There's something about like just I mean, I think this is funny because men excrete fluid all the time, right? Like when they come, mm-hmm. they just it goes everywhere and or mm-hmm. in a kind of whatever it is. But like there's no shame around it, but for women, at least for me personally, like there is a sense of like, oh, it's supposed to be contained. Like my well, fluid it, is like supposed to be contained in I mean, this little hole. It's just hole. like oh, I'm gonna bring back. It's all. It always goes back to butt stuff. Like the urge to pee and the urge to squirt are in the same place. The urge to poop and the urge to like mm-hmm. have like sensations of anal sex at first are totally related. So people who who want to explore those sensations separately, like eventually you start to differentiate between those things. But at first they feel like the same sensation. Right. That's absolutely normal. Yeah. The question is like, what are you doing by yourself to maybe explore that? 
so that you can feel like you've got a handle on things when you're with a person. Oh, interesting. I'm not doing anything internally, really. Well, I've never had a... Well, guess what? Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> I used to have a pile of, like, free sex toys around here because, like, people would send me things That's and, like, I'd try... And I'd, <laughs> but, like, I don't... I'm like, I wish I could just, like, be like, here's a G-spot toy or something. But I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I've never even thought about that. That's true. The as a message that you give people a lot too is to experience it on their own or to see it, to become comfortable with the sensation on their own before they're with somebody else. I mean, like a useful tool. I I definitely don't use like the general we like sure, I tell sure, sure. people like all of humanity yeah, like this is mess. specific for you. <laughs> What's specific for you also is probably specific for like three million other people. You know, like but I'm just saying. Yeah. We're just talking about you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, totally normal what you're saying, what you're what you're experiencing. So for this situation, it's a good idea. Um, I mean, get in touch with yourself. I know it's a lot of work. Like sometimes it's like, I just want to get off. I know what yeah. works. <laughs> right. like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. But um, But it really does pay off when you spend time with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be toys or anything. It can just be your fingers. But just like, so, okay. Older folks get health issues, right? Often. One of the things that happen to women or people with vaginas are that um, as you have fewer like uh, sexual hormones going through your body, menopause, et cetera, um, the vaginal tissue tends to, to weaken and thin and like just things tend to change. So it can be more painful to have sex, like penetration. Mm. So like while this is weird to talk to like a young woman about, like penetration doesn't have to be super hot. One of the things that you have to do if you want to be penetrated is go home and just insert something inside you and like hang out and watch TV. Like dilation is just part of getting your body used to it. So like inserting a finger while you're doing everything you usually do outside doesn't have to be super hot. I don't want you to hurt yourself. It doesn't feel right. But if it's just like neutral, that's perfect. You're doing it. Mm. As you actually, because I'm assuming that where it feels like it's, feels like it's going to be is toward your belly button. I'm mm -hmm. going to assume that. Yeah. Then you'd want to like curl and see what happens there um, if you feel comfortable. But if it brings up like weird feelings like, uh, like don't push yourself in places that don't feel right. You know, like it's mm -hmm. okay not to also. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that reminder. Yeah. I feel like I need that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So okay. that, uh, that seems like what you guys were just talking about is, is very much in line with that corrective, um, I'm sorry, like the oh, yeah, sex yeah, yeah. education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I guess I'm just curious about like you said you used to do a lot of speaking and stuff uh, at mm -hmm. colleges, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, how frequently, or how I guess is it a large issue where people like because I, I assume it probably is because like American sex education isn't great. Um, <laughs> that is probably like a lot of people are doing it not the way that they enjoy the most or doing the sex. Yeah, yeah, doing the sex things and not the best ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a researcher, and I, sure. I'm not, like, all up on all the research that's done. A lot of it's not very good, but some of it's amazing. Um, are a lot of people not Do doing the, the sex? Do they I need the corrective? I, I'm going to go on a limb and say yes. It's, yeah, I would say yes. Um, the idea, like, for me, dating is weird because if somebody is really intimidated by the idea of, dating a sex educator they're just gonna be like no thank you you know like it really freaks them out but the truth is is that like there is no best there's no like goal to hit sex is an art form it's it's a connective experience it's 
it's creativity. It's not like better and best. It's just not. So like, I'm not saying people need to do anything different, but if they're feeling kind of crappy afterward, or if it's, they feel like there's something there that they're not quite exploring and they want to, I mean, you kind of get that animal sense of like something's missing. Um, that's, I think where it's good to lean in and kind of like you know, what you're doing right now, Jerry is mm-hmm. expanding your horizons. It seems like you're hungry for that. You yeah. know, you can have a sense that there's something there. Yeah. I think, I think that brings up a, like, Especially for me, I have a hard time speaking up mm-hmm. in the middle of like a oh, sexual Oh, so challenging. It's so, so challenging. Like I find myself, I'm a, I'm a talker. Like I am very talkative. I like mm-hmm. very strong opinions. And then all of a sudden I get into a sexual situation and I like become mute. And I get very uncomfortable asking for what I want or like. Yeah, communicating at all is very, mm-hmm. very difficult. And I find that interesting. And that's been a really big struggle of yeah. like how to push through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, push through. I mean, I think there's reasons why your survival mechanism is to go quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's safer to stay quiet. I mean, for some people right. like me growing up, it's less scary to just push down my feelings and not try and rock the boat. Life is easier that way. If you speak up, a lot of our experiences are you're right. going to be criticized or someone's going to pull away and like feel defensive. Like uh, it, there's a lot of risk there. Yeah. I think number one thing you can do is just validate your feelings to yourself. Like, oh, I'm feeling a little insecure right now. I'm feeling a little unsafe or this kind of is uncomfortable or the friction's not quite right. Um, it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. You know, even if you aren't at the place to speak up quite yet Mm. no yeah that's helpful i mean building trust with a partner before they all get up in your business is like really helpful yeah right (laughs) and like um but anyway i can i could talk for hours about any of these topics so like please what specifically would you like to know (laughs) no yeah i think that's just something that came up in the conversation we were talking about about like well asking if people were needed corrective because i think a lot of i think a lot of in my interpretation of corrective almost seems like for me personally, like I'm not necessarily in like in touch with what I want. I also am having trouble communicating it. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is like half the time is like hitting what I want. And then half the time I'm like, I, I can't speak and I can't move. And now mm-hmm. I don't exactly know how mm-hmm. to get back yeah. into like the flow. And one thing that's very natural to have the experience of during sex is when we get aroused, a lot of people start to lose their words. Like the, the experience, like the, the more your blood's pumping, the more your nervous system is engaged in, in pleasure. It's really hard to find words. So negotiating or renegotiating what's going on in the moment can be challenging just because your brain is... Sh- yeah, it's like working yeah, in a different that's way. True. Mm-hmm. So like that alone, it's you know, if you're able to say like you know, when you're aroused like seven out of ten, you know, like almost the way to orgasm, if you're able to be like, um, excuse me, could you please pull out your <laughs> penis and like maybe relubricate it and like I'm having a little I really need the left nipple stimulated like if you're able to say that while you're aroused, like that's I don't even understand who you are. Yeah, like most people are like, mm, yeah, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> like most people are just making sounds and like weird monkey words. You're like, yeah. oh, um, so that's true. I guess like my conception of being really good at sex is also like being able to articulate phenomenally 
in the moment you know like there's, <laughs> there's something in my head that's like oh if i can say specifically what i want like the experience will be that much better and like that's my goal for some reason mm-hmm. but i didn't actually ever consider that that is sort of absurd <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and potentially not necessarily the thing that's gonna like also <laughs> be the gateway to the I don't know the it, ultimate pleasure. Yeah, and I'll challenge your word of absurd. I'd say like we are. I'm assuming we are three people sitting at a table that are not particularly sexually aroused right now. I'm just gonna assume that. Yeah, and so it's easy for our intellectual giant front brains to be like, ah, yes, I will be very articulate yeah. and good at the sex by communicating. That is what good people do when like. We are completely different humans when we're horny. <laughs> like it's, yeah. yeah. And so you do the work while you're, and part of it is just validating that we are emotional, embodied people with lots of urges. And I don't know, it's it's a beautiful, exciting thing, but can go really freaking wrong if we don't like allow space for that. So yeah. Um. So what to do to prepare yourself mm. for better communication when it's hard to find the words. Yes. Is that something you would like to talk about? I would love to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So communicating. Well, like, I don't know if you're doing like the one night stand thing. Like it's fine. But but let's just start at like basics. One night stand or like just a little bit of dating. Okay. Do you have a little bit of time with somebody? You're thinking like, we might go to pound town together. (laughs) We might take that train. Um, I mean, trust building, of course, takes a lot of time, but. First off, you need to work on trusting yourself. So, like, I'm really into... Do you know who Brene Brown is? Mm-mm. So she is... Her TED Talk on vulnerability is just the Ooh, gateway drug to her okay. work. It's well, all... It's uh, She's she's phenomenal, like, in terms of emotional intelligence and being able to communicate. So um, she has this acronym, Braving. It's seven things for how to build trust. Right. And so first you have to build trust with yourself. Like I have a hard time trusting myself. Like I break my boundaries all the time. And so, (laughs) right. So that's seven things. So braving is if you want to have trust with someone or yourself, you need to have strong boundaries and respect them. You need to be reliable. So continually behave in in a a way that you can rely on. Right. Um, A is accountability. Can you make amends or repair when something goes wrong? Right. Uh, V, the vault, your stories, you protect your stories and only trust people with with your stories when they are trustworthy. So keep it in the vault when it needs to be. Um, ING, so it's integrity. Choose what's courageous over what's comfortable, right? Like speaking up is more courageous and it's more comfortable mm-hmm. to stay quiet, mm-hmm. right? But that means you're out of your integrity. Um, and would be, ooh, oh, non-judgment. Don't judge yourself for your feelings. And don't judge other people for their feelings. Hey, right? Yeah. So that's a hard one for you. Yeah. yeah. And G would be generosity, assuming that people mean have the best intentions even when they mess up. Mm-hmm. And and giving yourself forgiveness of that you meant well, even if you do mess up, right? That's like a certain amount of kindness. That is how you build trust with yourself. So I have a really hard time with the reliability and boundaries. I'm decent with integrity. It can get really awkward. But I, you know, um, but yeah. So I used to say like, how are you supposed to have a safe sex conversation with a new partner if you haven't even had the safe sex conversation with yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go out tonight. Let's say I'm it's a second date. I'm open to having the sex or get really naked with somebody. What what am I okay with? What am I not okay with it? And then do I have the experience of going out, having a fun time, and waking up the next morning going, I respected what I said I would do before mm-hmm. I went on the date? Or did you constantly 
renegotiate with yourself. Like, well, I guess I'll do it this because this seems really easy and we're going here and who knows? Like, no, I'm going to use condoms tonight. Like, I'm not going to renegotiate on this. Some people do, right? Yeah. Um, I have sometimes when I was like, well, eh, the yep. first one slipped and like, whatever, yeah. right? It's um, th- That is the way that you learn that you can't trust yourself. How, if you can't trust yourself, how are you going to trust the other person mm-hmm. to like respect you? So that's like the first step. That's a lot I know. <laughs> no, I love that. That's you. I mean, that. yeah, I think going into an in, like a date with an intention is very useful because then it doesn't set up unrealistic sort of expectations of yourself that you can break really easily if you're if you're living in like a fantasy of what you want to do or mm-hmm. what you don't want to do absolutely yeah 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 i mean one of the things we do is we lie to ourselves i have lied to <laughs> yeah. myself so much <laughs> where too. i'm like yeah i just want casual sex but what i deeply deeply want in my heart of hearts is a partner right mm-hmm. so like let's say if that's the mood i'm in but i'm just saying like to protect myself and just because I'm busy and I don't have time for it I'm just gonna be like I just want something casual well if I have defined the playground of tonight as super casual not gonna bond not gonna feel connected but I really want to have like two orgasms and feel like a like great and like smack them around or like whatever I don't know what I'm making up things now I'm not gonna give you my actual thing <laughs> but like so let's say that's the playground that I've designed for myself like what's okay like outside the bounds is not what's not okay right so I've I think I've built trust with myself I think that I've given myself the safe sex conversation I'm ready to go but what I actually want the playground I really want to plan is something totally different mm-hmm. then you're going to get a lot of confusing like what you say and what you do don't actually connect because your heart and your body are still going to try and get what you really want even though you're lying to yourself so then you, it gets really weird right so you have to kind of be really be honest, honest with yourself yeah i did that all of like the last the half of last year i yeah. was like yeah i was wrestling i was like no i totally want casual and then it would keep coming up like and the person I was with was not necessarily who I wanted to be with, but mm-hmm. it kept coming up that like mm-hmm. this isn't what I want and I'm still here because I'm just going through the motions and it's like supposed to feel good and it's a thing while I can have it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't have sex like I already know this person and I can already yeah. have sex with them. So like why not continue yeah, doing like, that? <laughs> it's really convenient and it's nice. It's so convenient. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I'd say you can still have that while still wanting a deep relationship, I think, but if you're not true, at least can say it to yourself. Yeah. Things get weird. I think my brain gets very confused when I have sex with somebody though. Like it clicks in so quickly that this has to be because I'm doing this thing mm-hmm. that also has to mean something else. It has to mean a relationship or something deeper. Like I relate. Yeah. I yeah. do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a conversation I have to have mm-hmm. a lot of like, okay, you did this thing mm-hmm. that can be what it is mm-hmm. and it can also not be the person. Or mm-hmm. maybe they are and mm-hmm. like you can explore it further. But yeah, I have a rule or like I have a, I mean, you, know, you have rules with yourself that you constantly break or whatever. There's definitely like, there's certain truths we know about ourselves. Like this is my tendency. And like more you can just like, recognize a tendency, the better. Yeah. I There's one thing I know is going to happen is if I have a one night stand for the next 2.5 to three days, I will feel in love with this person. Mm-hmm. And I have to wait that out. And then on day four, I will feel like I'm not in love anymore. <laughs> that is just something that's going to happen yeah. to me. Um and it doesn't mean it's artificial. It doesn't mean the feeling is fake. It just means like there's something about like, like, you know, like 
the, simplified the, the oxytocin hormones, yeah, and the, and the bonding, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people who are uh, tend to be more like estrogen hormone, like a more f- uh, female or womanly or whatever. Like I definitely am tend to more consistently get very bonded yes. from just casual sex. Right. Tend to be. Uh, people who are more testosterone hormonal and like more masculine or however you want to say it they tend it's hit and miss you can totally get that flesh you totally can't and you know so it's to say that like men are like whatever they can have a casual sex and women get bonded is is a complete misnomer but you it's good to know like that's something. Yeah. I just totally nerded out what you didn't need to know any of that information. No, I, I, just, no, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it really interesting. Yeah. I was telling Jerry this the other day where it was like, I tend to shy away from casual sex because mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, have to break up with somebody if I'm not that into them. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's been like stilting my like emotional growth with people too, because like mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, mm-hmm. willing to do that and they want to do that, then mm-hmm. like maybe that's the start of something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just been interesting to me because mm-hmm. like, I think it's probably is like, I'm worried that, that kind of bond is going to happen when I'm not ready for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, mean, man- yeah. managing your attachment and like managing your bonding is definitely really important. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that, excuse me, that, that's a whole thing. I can't even, there's just okay. too much. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are ways to go about it. I mean, yeah. for sure. I mean, but this, you know, I'm not a, how to do the casual sex when you're just like an open hearted, cuddly, <laughs> right. big, you know, big baby. Like, yeah. um, but I would say knowing your attachment style is really important. I've just really started. Do, do you know attachment styles? No, no. please. It's, um, sure. it's something that's been researched a ton, tons of writing on it and I won't do its justice, but basically the way you learn that you have to navigate the people who take care of you in order to survive as a, as a baby, uh, relates directly to how you attach to people as an adult so uh about half the population is a secure attacher like they they like themselves they like other people and they're generally fairly trusting then you have about a quarter about a quarter of people who are avoidant who tend to to like themselves but not not like other people or like think that other people are dangerous or fearful like they're fearful of other people basically so but they're okay with themselves and there are people who are they're called okay the avoidance are called love avoiders and then the people who tend to have low self-esteem not like themselves but like other people tend to be love addicts and tend to like get like mm. they're like stage four clingers i'm like that that's so, how i am yeah so like the yeah. minute so i'm like super <gasps> secure and the minute like somebody that i'm starting to attach to kind of pulls away even if they're just like having a bad day i'm like why don't you love me anymore you're oh, like so that right? is 100 percent okay right yeah. okay yeah so like knowing your attachment yeah. style and how that related to a child so uh avoidance or uh uh anxious so they're anxious preoccupied it's very hard to focus on like it's really hard for me to focus on my career when i'm having like i'm for instance i'm going That's through a so breakup funny. you know really it's funny we were just talking about this because i was doing the analogy of like men and because because I interact with men so much like there to me the people that I interact with my brain is like a pancake and I feel like the brain of, of like these men I'm interacting with is a waffle which is an <laughs> attachment style this is what it means is when syrup gets poured on my syrup goes fucking everywhere and it blends and I can't differentiate and it just like okay. ruins my world and then a waffle mm-hmm. is like it has these nice little compartments where I see you can think about things in separate ways and like it doesn't rock your entire world the syrup is love yeah okay got it okay okay oh i'm into this i like this yeah but that's so interesting that you bring that up because like i'm wrestling with that in so much like Like, how it affects your career yeah and and how it because it does like it takes up so much of my mind space but i also feel like it's it's in a way i'm so it's easier for me to focus on that because i think i feel like 
I have more control over this particular thing than like a lot of career stuff or even like family stuff that I don't want to deal with. Like this person in front of me who isn't necessarily the love of my life or I don't know, I can focus on it and like needle it a little bit and and that's easier to do than deal with any of like the biggest yeah I get that tunnel vision too like totes relate Mm -hmm. people I definitely come off more avoidant and I'm realizing this like I flag for um emotionally unavailable like manic pixie dream girl and then people who want uh, want avoidant and want somebody that they can't get hurt by and then I'm like but I really love and they're like oh no (laughs) and I'm just like okay okay something's gotta change Uh, yeah, I've been diving deep, but, um, I would say if you want to just like go down the rabbit hole of like cool stuff, I would, uh, look up enmeshment possibly, right? You know, it's funny, Olga, the, yeah, yeah, my best friend and roommate who connected Uh us, um, she also was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have like personality disorders and addiction in my family, like my immediate family. And so, yes. Yes. That is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to print out and like put on my wall, um, uh, there's this organization called Codependence Anonymous and they have this uh, whole list of like how a codependent behaves and how a healthy person <laughs> behaves. <laughs> and it's like, I read the healthy version and I'm like, oh, this is what 50% of the population is like when they're dating. And I go, okay. And so it's like, gives me something to aim for. Oh, and I really it. love this PDF. Um, yeah. So anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you send it and then we'll, we'll post All it right. too. Um, I'm obsessed with this conversation. Thank you for being You're here. You're welcome. I hope I, we didn't. We talked about emotional stuff more than sex, but I hope which it was is like right. I feel like where I'm at anyways. Okay. I guess <laughs> like I brought you on for well, pleasure. I think, like, there's a lot of there. corrective stuff all over the mm-hmm. place, especially in this podcast where we're we're trying to figure out how to date better and and how to like seek what we want and and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. where it goes. That's where it goes. But yeah, maybe we'll have you back in. Because I did. I was like, oh, I have anal play and BDSM on here. And we didn't. We got to female G spot and that's it. I've got a whole (laughs) sex book. You can flip through my books after we stop recording if you want. There's plenty of, yeah, plenty of boner guides over there. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Well, you're lovely. Uh, Your podcast is still. Sex Nerd Sandra. Yeah. Yeah, It's on Patreon and on iTunes and all the apps. Amazing. So check her out. Um, Yeah. And. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being here. Yay. Yay! Thank you. For <laughs> I'm sorry to try to like catch you while you do it because every every time we start, you're, yay! Uh, it was like they got cut short because yeah, I got nervous. I um, the theme thank of the you. Episode. Yeah, I know. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please um, rate us, comment, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, check Tell us your out. About on, us. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Finding My Yum Podcast. Also, our email is findingmyyum at gmail.com. We are looking for new guests constantly. If you've got a yum out there that you want to talk about, we'd love to hear it. Have we checked the email? Uh, let's go with yes. <laughs> so we are consistently checking it. Um, yeah. I just, please tune in next week. <laughs> Maybe the most vulnerable thing you said all episode. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye.